1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Welcome to game day. Fantasy Sports Today. The Sunday edition. We're excited to kick it off. Week 8. It feels like we just got this season going. We say this every year around this time. It feels like we just got started just getting into a rhythm. And now we're halfway done. So we have another early London game, so we'll be excited about that. These guys will be taking you through that in the second hour of the show. I'll be here for the first hour today. Got a little bit going on for the second show uh, from 10 to 1, but uh, that's not of our concern right now. What is our of our concern right now? some of the major news stories that will impact your fantasy lineups and impact your lineups in general. Uh, going through all the games today, uh, and we kick it off with just a quick note on the Dolphins-Texans game, which occurred on Thursday, blowout win for the Texans. And Scott, who, I int- who I'll i introduce on Twitter, at Scott E. Roto X, Scott Engel, he's the Fantasy Hall of Famer. He is the managing director of Roto Experts, and we'll be taking his rankings and using them to walk through a lot of the players today. But Scott, Deshaun Watson has the type of game that a lot of people that drafted him early expected him to have, extremely efficient, 16 of 20, and he has the five touchdown passes. So Deshaun Watson with a signature game on Thursday night.
0: Yeah, good morning, and, uh, you know, uh, like I'll always say about, you know, these type of performances, you're off to what you feel is a good start, but you can't can't assume that you're going to win or lose either way. For instance, if you have Andrew Luck going against him and he outscores him, it just meant, meant that Watson went earlier. So you can't uh, you can't assume either way it's a win or a loss. People say to me, "Oh, I got off to a good start. You, your game just started earlier than than uh, what thirteen others." So it's nice, but it doesn't put anything in the bag.
1: Yeah, Jim. A lot of good performances actually on that Thursday night game. Forty two twenty three. So many points to be scored. Watson was good Lamar Miller his best game of the year and you had Will Fuller with a monster game and unfortunately he's lost for the season with a torn ACL so um, uh, this is Jim Day at Fantasy Taz Uh, Jim first of all good morning and second of all what do you think the impact is going forward on Will Fuller missing out on the rest of these games
2: Oh, well, good morning, Mike. Good morning, Scott. Uh, again, good hey. good Sunday morning to everyone who's listening. Uh, football Sunday is always a great day. Look, it, it's definitely going to impact. Watson and Fuller definitely had a connection, especially for the big plays. You know, Fuller scored a lot of touchdowns with Watson and, you know, they're going to miss that. You know, it looks right now that, you know, it's going to be hard to replicate what those two had, but they're going to have to find somebody else on the other side. And, you know, at Ah oh, man, I just don't know if it's gonna be somebody that we can trust on a weekly basis, but there it seems to be all the beat writers are talking about Vincent Smith as the next guy up. You know, somebody we haven't seen yet, nobody knows anything about. So it's really hard to say how much that impacts the offense, either positively or negatively. But right now I'm I'm betting it's gonna be negatively Watson played a great game, five touchdowns. We know we've heard all week, you know, more touchdowns and incompletions, yada, yada, yada. But a lot of that was due to Miami's defense just playing a terrible game. Uh, you know, three of Watson's touchdowns were to players that were simply wide open.
1: Yeah, I, th- th- that's a great point, Jim, because even Cameron Wake called them out, <clears throat> excuse me, for not uh, putting any pressure on the QB. Now, Watson had taken more hits, um as a quarterback than anybody in the league going into Thursday night's game by a pretty significant margin, percentage-wise. And they didn't get any pressure on him. This offensive line has struggled, but the other night, they played a great game. Honestly, if the Texans' offensive line plays like this the rest of the year, they're going to be extremely dangerous even without Will Fuller. Kiku Kuti didn't play the other night. He's been a guy that's had quite a number of targets in the games in which he's played. So I would imagine when he's healthy and can come back, he fills in for some of what Will Fuller provides. But that's really a different type of target altogether. Willer's a, Will, Will Fuller's a downfield explosive wide receiver. Kuti is not that. Uh, but... On the flip side of things, you actually got some productive games out of out of Kenyon Drake, out of Devontae Parker. I don't know how you would have played him. It's trusted playing Devontae Parker unless you were desperate. Danny Amendola has a good game because he threw a touchdown pass. So overall, fantasy goodness. Will Fuller is the the, the fallout from that. So it's unfortunate, but I uh, just wanted to put a quick bow on that game and we're off to a good start with fantasy performances i played against deshaun watson in our um staff league here so we're 31 points down still have a shot to win it obviously so um the big news unfortunately in advance of this jaguars dolphins game or, sorry, excuse me jaguars eagles game in london is that four jaguars players allegedly were arrested uh, for trying to run out on a bar bill. Now, obviously, there's details that have yet to emerge, but needless to say, it's a major distraction for a team that was already, Scott, filled with distractions, right, locker room arguments. Jalen Ramsey sort of being open about the fact that, yeah, we're fighting right now. You know what's going on. The offense can't put it in the end zone, and we're being put in bad positions. It's effectively what he was saying. And now this. You'd have to think that this is going to be a bad look for the Jaguars today, but stranger things have happened.
0: Yeah, you know, I was of the mindset that sometimes when you know, this happens to a team and They start to fall apart. You know, they close the locker room doors. They have a team meeting, say it's us against the world, and they play better. But now, you know, they go over to London and, uh, you know, their their defensive backs get in trouble. And, you know, they've been getting in enough trouble on the field, allowing 60 points over the last two games and 90 over the last three. And Jalen Ramsey isn't even playing as well as they are. So, you know, don't be afraid to, you know, roll out your Eagles today. I, I still see people over the weekend on social media saying, I'm worried about this match. Up. This, this team is not playing as good as advertised.
1: Yeah, Jim, according to NFL.com, the Jaguars involved were Barry Church, safety Ronnie Harrison, quarterback DJ Hayden, who's injured and wasn't going to play. So talk about a distraction. And safety, Gerard Wilson. So uh, it seems like the bar bill was settled, the $64,000 bar bill. <laughs> That's a hefty bar bill, Jim. I've been out yeah. some long days and some long evenings. I've never run up a tab like that, but uh, it seems like there was a confrontation regarding it. Some players were detained and it was settled. It doesn't look like charges will be pressed moving forward, but this will lead to some NFL discipline, I would imagine, long term. Although they can't do anything really before the game today.
2: I'm not really worried about the long-term ramifications of the NFL because who knows? It may take them a year to figure out what the heck to do yeah. here, but I, I'm a little worried about what the Jaguars do internally and whether or not they do anything to these four guys for this game this week. You know, I I find it hard, you know, from a team standpoint, they need this win. They you know they got to keep up with the Texans, so they need this win. But at the same time, if you're trying to prove a point to a a, a locker room that's just unsettled at this point this might be their showcase to say well look nobody's above anything and and we might sit these guys let's say for a quarter or for a half and what that actually does to the defense and that that scares me a little bit
1: yeah for for a team that's run by Doug Marone and at a greater level Tom Coughlin you would think there would be some immediate discipline like I said Hayden is inactive I'll, I'll transition that into the inactives because the Jaguars inactives for today Do contain some important defensive backs. A.J. Bouye will not be playing today. Tyler Patman, D.J. Hayden, Leonard Fournette, obviously we know is out. Tight end James Shaughnessy, uh, we already knew was out. So, uh, clearly the fact that these defensive backs were involved in it, in addition to the fact that A.J. Bouye is injured and out, is a lot. I, I don't know that you could suspend. I mean, two of the guys. One of the guys wasn't going to play, but can with Bouye out Can you suspend three more defensive backs? I mean, you might have linebackers playing at safety, and then you really just <laughs> hampering the team. I, I, it, it's a difficult. This it's a difficult decision to make I, I, from a discipline standpoint. You want to do it immediately, but you only have so many guys out there. So. Uh, on the Eagle That's side. That's I'm of, saying. That's yeah. why
2: it scares me. I, I yeah. agree. I totally agree. We just don't know what they're going to do. Do they want to send a message to the whole team, or do they want to win right this minute? Uh, I mean, I, I lean towards them wanting to win right this minute, but we just don't know.
1: Yeah, and it's got to be clear, um, it, it, we they, the fact, we have an inactives list. Those players don't have to be listed at it as inactive. They can be in uniform and just not put out there on the field.
0: Yeah, they could just be uh, – be disciplined uh you know maybe they don't start the game you know uh etc or something like that
1: yeah uh eagles inactives darren sproles out yet again uh you have safety Corey graham is out and quarterback Sidney jones is out he's been struggling when he's been on the field so i i can't tell you whether it's an upgrade or a downgrade we'll see who's behind him and uh ultimately uh those are the inactives uh thus far uh right now some other key injury news alan robinson is not expected to play For the Bears today. So before we get into our rankings and all that kind of stuff, Scotty, what do you think that would mean for the Bears? Anthony Miller is coming back. I've seen some things that suggest, in fact, Evan Silva from Roto World uh, uh, mentioned on Twitter that when Robinson was out in the past, it really saw an uptick in targets for Anthony Miller in the slot. You think it's an Anthony Miller day? I have Taylor Gabriel. I'm more excited about his opportunities with Robinson out than anybody else. But your thoughts really on Allen Robinson being out?
0: My initial thoughts were Anthony Miller was going to be a sneaky play until I saw the weather reports. You know me that I really don't pay much attention to it unless it's very windy. And it's going to be very, very windy. As Drew Dinkmeyer points out on DailyRoto.com this morning, this game could have up, up to 30 mile an hour wind gusts, and according to NFL Weather dot com, there's going to be 19 mile an hour winds in the second half. So, you know, this, this uh, I think this puts a ding in any expectations too here, because you also have to have these guys step up uh, in a bigger role here. And look, the Jets secondary has been tattered and torn. But I think you have to temper your expectations here. I'm not going to play Anthony Miller over, say, Geronimo Allison, you know, based on this. Uh, you know, right now, I'm tempering my expectations because of the weather. It's it's supposed to be rainy and windy throughout the day, probably the worst weather of the week.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, exactly right. It is the worst weather, 54 to uh, no, 49 degrees and 18 miles an hour at kickoff but like you said it could get a lot worse than that there's a few other games where you know the temperatures have dropped obviously uh, across the board you have a little bit of drizzle in Cincinnati as well with 12 mile an hour winds everybody else uh, for the most part uh, looks to be okay although it will be pretty darn cold in Buffalo tomorrow night 38 degrees uh, I don't know that that impacts anything but uh, it is something that yeah, but uh, it's, is worth noting
2: it, you know both teams are pretty much used to playing in I agree. that that cold weather. So I don't see that. But just to get back to Chicago, I yes. actually think this plays more into Anthony Miller's hands than Taylor Gabriel. Okay. Taylor Gabriel is more that big play guy. Going to be hard to throw down the field in that win. I agree. So with I expect you, Anthony Miller to get point. those short passes. Um, you know, and rack up points with those short passes. He may not get a, a ton of total yards, but I expect him to, you know, get at least opportunity for six, seven receptions in this game just based on a short passing game.
1: How about Cohen, Jordan Howard, and on the other side, Isaiah Crowell?
0: And with Cohen, it's, it's a thing of, you know, they could throw him the ball and he could gain yards after the catch. So I think it really plays to Cohen. Uh, Trey Burton is really touchdown dependent. So uh, I don't know how much that hurts him. Although uh, Mitch Trubisky has started to lean on him more. I think I think in terms of receptions, it would be good for him. In terms of Isaiah Crowell, it's just it's not a good matchup, period. The Bears are like fourth against the run.
1: Yeah. Um, it, there was a thought, Jim, earlier this week that Khalil Mack was kind of banged up. Uh, there's no indication at this point that he's not going to play. But I just wonder if... Uh, You know, the weather is how it is. Would he be on a snap count? Would he come out of the game early? You know, you just worry about that kind of stuff. If you're thinking that Chicago is a DFS defense of the day, that kind of stuff. This is a very tough task for Darnold uh, today to go on the road here in this kind of weather against this defense. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to be picking the Bears for DFS, but I wonder if all of these factors mitigate it in some way or amplify it.
2: Well, look, uh, you know, we, we saw with Mac last week that while he played, he, he wasn't 100%. You could tell that, you know, after every play they showed him, uh, he seemed to be limping a little bit, a little bit gimpy. So, you know, I, I expect him to play. Will he be 100%? No. But again, this weather doesn't help Darnold at all. Plus the fact that Robbie Anderson is out. Uh, Anun was still out. You know, you're talking about Curse, maybe Rashard Matthews being in play here. Uh, you know, it doesn't doesn't look good for Darnold. No. Uh, Chicago's defense can be thrown upon. I mean, so far in the season, they're 25th against opposing quarterbacks in points per game, twenty sixth against opposing wide receivers, so they can be thrown upon, but in that wind, with those wide receivers, it's going to be hard to trust that Jets passing game at all. I think this actually could come down to be a run fest, and in that way, I I don't like Crowell against uh, Chicago's defense.
1: Yeah, we'll come back. We'll talk about all the games. That was just a highlight game I wanted to push out there. We got bye weeks this week. Falcons, Cowboys, Chargers, and Titans. That London game's going to start in about uh, 70 minutes. And the one thing I can guarantee you that the three of us are here, the one thing that it means is that none of us won Powerball. Come back and talk quarterbacks (laughs) after this. show and ask your question the number is 844-84-FNTSY that's 844-843-6879 the Fancy sports radio network your free fantasy source 24 hours a day to the races this morning. Thanks for catching up with us this morning. Uh, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, do so at FNTSY Radio on Twitter. I'm at Mike Blewett. Scott is at Scotty Rodox roto x and Jim is at Fantasy Taz. Uh, we've got Lineup Locked Live coming up at 10. Uh, so, again, I'm out of here at 9. These guys will take the hour from 9 to 10. Uh, one, only other piece of injury news so far is Chris Thompson from uh, Washington. Expected to play. On a uh, increasingly depleted Giants defense, by one way or the other, champ, just losing players left and right. There uh, might be let, more. There might be talk more to about go. That. <laughs>
2: you, you, you really don't want to talk about that. It would take up way too much time for me to rant about the Giants giving up snacks for a freaking fifth-round pick.
1: I thought they were going to get way more than that. Big
2: blue
0: view with Jim Day.
1: <laughs>
2: that yeah. was Weekend Fantasy oh, update yesterday
1: for <laughs> yeah. you guys.
2: There I, you go. <laughs> <laughs> you could just go. I,
1: I really thought Rants. that they were going to get more than that, but it's $20 million out the door, so I guess uh, that, that was a – determining factor in how much they were going to get Uh, player wise they should have gotten more Jim but they did dump a lot of salary with that move
2: yeah they dumped a lot of salary they get nothing absolutely nothing in return they've had nine fifth round draft picks in the last 10 years only one is still left with the team uh there's six of them no longer in the league
1: yeah uh it's bad bad times right there so (laughs) <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's let's try to turn. Don't the, get me started. Oh, yeah, I know I shouldn't I shouldn't have done it, but let me uh, let's turn the barge around and get to Scott's <laughs> rankings. Um, and yeah, here we go. So uh, we're going to go quarterbacks first. Uh, as always, you can find these rankings on RotoExperts.com in the exclusive Edge package. And Scotty's updating these constantly, and he updated them. Just this morning, so this is the latest. And uh, if any major About two news...
0: minutes ago with the Allen oh, Robinson news, there
1: you go. So, um, yeah, yeah Allen Robinson and, and Chris Thompson news just broke. So it's got updates accordingly. Uh, Matt. So Pat Mahomes starts out at number one. You know his one of his uh, least productive games of the year from a passing standpoint was against Denver in Denver. But now he's got him at home, <laughs> and I don't don't quarrel at all with him being number one. De- Denver's in a very tough spot. I think people are playing for their jobs today on Denver, and we'll see if they can put up a fight. But Pat Mahomes comes in at number one. Aaron Rodgers at number two. Uh, when the when the spreads opened this morning, uh, excuse me, earlier this week, he was a nine-and-a-half-point underdog. He'd never been that big of an underdog in his career. It has come down now, though. It's down to eight points. He's still, obviously, a pretty heavy underdog but uh scott expects him to go on the road and at least get put some stats up even if you think they can't win the game so he comes in at number two kirk cousins at number three against new orleans that's a rematch that game was that playoff game was replaying last night on nfl network and i watched a bunch of that that's uh really an amazing game that like everybody's going to remember for the digs ending the walk-off Touchdown catch, um, Minnesota miracle. But the entirety of the game was miraculous too because New Orleans was down 17 nothing came all the way back and uh, ended up losing it. But we'll see if they can exact a piece of revenge tonight uh, against Kirk Cousins. Andrew Luck comes in at number four on an Oakland team. Like, Jim, you you think your Giants team is depleted? (laughs) Oakland doesn't have anybody left soon. So uh, Luck comes in at number four. Ben Roethlisberger at home. Number five, Tom Brady at six, Drew Brees at seven, Jameis at eight, uh, Andy Dalton at nine, and Jared Goff at 10. So I'll pause there. First question, Scott uh, Rams have the highest implied total on the slate, really, at about 32 or so, uh, but you have Goff down at number 10. QB1, not a bad ranking, but uh, are you just suspecting that most of this is going to go through Gurley and a little bit less through Goff today?
0: I think, you know, the danger with Goff every week is you get a lot of passing yardage, but whenever they get near the goal line, you know, first, first and goal from the eighth is like first to goal from the half yard line for Gurley, you know, compared to everybody else. And, uh, you know, what happens is, you know, and I see this with Goff in a lot of my seasonal leagues, even though I'm rolling out on a tournament daily, uh, is that, you know, his touchdown totals get hurt by Gurley. They just use him so much in that green zone
1: true uh jim any of those top 10 jump out at you guys that you like don't like Jameis winston consistently showing up as a qb1 because this team and they get the win last week so i guess it's not fair for me to say it's coming off the rails because they're they're coming off a win Um, but it was against the browns and and the browns were browning it up during the course of that game nobody seemed to want to take it but uh here is Jameis and he's putting up numbers here uh, as he's come back from his suspension
2: Well, look—they got basically no running game. Uh, They got no defense, so that you know just points to a quarterback who's going to continue to throw the ball a ton. He's got some good weapons around him. You know, it it all works out. He's playing great fantasy football right now for us, and hard to feast. A lot of people have him uh, have him a lot higher than the eight that Scott does. But I'm with Scott. There's a lot of lot of great quarterback options today, and I I think eight is right about right. Uh, Dalton at nine you know look dalton looked like a great matchup last week didn't come uh this week you know at tampa bay looks like another great matchup but but do we get the dalton of last week or do we get a bounce back i think we get a bounce back but there's a lot of people out there that have serious doubts about dalton
0: well this game isn't on national
2: television so he should be okay (laughs) and not a prime time game where they're one in 17 on the road i get it
1: it's crazy yeah um So, yeah, Winston and Dalton are playing in a little bit of a weather situation, but like we just detailed, it's like 12-mile-an-hour winds. It shouldn't be that bad, but it will be a little bit rainy and a little windy. Uh, I'll keep going through the next 10. we got Mitch Trubisky at number 11 facing the Jets at home. Cam Newton at number 12 against Baltimore. Carson Wentz kicking it off in exactly one hour uh, against the Jaguars. Depleted secondary, you know, all kinds of issues going on that we mentioned in the first segment. Joe Flacco at 14, Matt Stafford at 15. I'm starting Matt Stafford today because I have Matt Ryan on bye. It just kind of works out that they're going up against a defense, Scott, uh, you being the Seahawks.com contributor as well. Your expectations for Stafford here are obviously a little bit lower. There's no Riddick today uh, for Detroit, but the receiving core is healthy, Just give me your thoughts, really, on how this game plays out. I have Seattle as an upset special today uh, because I'm not a full believer in the Lions. Uh, So uh, give me some thoughts on this game today and Stafford in particular.
0: Both these teams are playing well. Uh, Seahawks coming and having won three of their last four. I'm taking the under on this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be physical and lower scoring here, not fantasy friendly. Uh, No team runs more than the Seahawks right now in terms of percentage of plays. And uh, and the Lions want to be very physical as well. So uh, I I see this as a lower scoring game. I do like Golden Tate, you know, in the revenge game this week uh, as as well. Uh, Kerryon Johnson should have at least a decent day, although the Seahawks get KJ right back this week. Marvin Jones could be a sleeper for daily purposes is... You know he's on the right side against Trey Flowers. You know was a rookie who's converted over from safety. It might not be as easy for the other receivers. And on the other side, look, Russell Wilson uh, has thrown touchdown passes in each of his three touchdown passes in each of his last two games, while uh, you know not attempting much. But uh, you know this uh, the Seahawks offensive line, which everybody was blasting in week two, all of a sudden the last few weeks has played really, really well. And uh, this will be a, a good test for them against that defensive line at
1: Detroit. Yeah, I was just about to bring that up, Scott. It's a good transition. Could be because, Jim, the Lions actually have the highest adjusted sack rate in the NFL this year. So Wilson could be seeing some pressure. He, he's you know, he's uh, well-equipped to deal with it. But nonetheless, he could be under some pressure today. I agree with Scott. I, I tend to think that this game will be a little bit more low-scoring. Uh, And Seattle will try to maybe take the air out of the ball a little bit and utilize that uh, rushing attack that they've utilized here over the course of the last month. So uh, you differ at all about, uh, you know, Stafford and the upside of Stafford and Wilson today.
2: Well, I agree, absolutely. It's hard to give Stafford upside if he's not throwing the ball a ton, which he hasn't had to do with On Johnson stepping up and running the ball good. You know, they finally are starting to establish a running game that they really haven't had uh, in years past. And, you know, the one thing we could always count on with Stafford as a quarterback was we knew he was going to throw the ball enough to be fantasy relevant. Well, lately he's not throwing the ball enough, and I I think this ranking by Scott is, like, literally spot on where I would have him.
1: Yeah, so uh, he's got Stafford and Wilson right uh, behind one another. So Matt Stafford at 15, Russ Wilson at 16, Eli at 17. Deshaun Watson down at 18. I think he's going to outpace that uh, ranking. <laughs> C.J. Beathard at 19. We just got some news that Matt Breda will be limited today. Uh, Jim, as you, you corrected me on last week's show, rightfully so, I, I think I attempted to say that um, one of the teams is the most banged up, and you're like, no, no, no. It's the Niners, and I think you continue to be right. Matt Preet is limited. Pierre Garçon is out. C.J. Bethard going up against Arizona. A little bit of a revenge game here in the fact that the Cardinals' only win was against the Niners a few, couple of weeks back. So, Jim, C.J. Beathard, the Niners' offense in general, do you see any opportunity here for anybody to get the scoring going? Goodwin, Kittle, anybody.
2: Well, Kittle has been a very solid play with Beathard. You know, they have the history; they play together in college, and it keeps showing. He, he's been their top-targeted guy, uh, continues to be that play. So, I, I'm not off of Kittle at all this week. I, I like him even against his tough matchup, just because they're going to throw the ball. And he gives them the best option, especially with Garcon out. Uh, you know, Mostert is another big play. Everybody's on Mostert this week. You know, with Breida, you know, not expected to play, but now he is expected to play. But they're saying he's going to be on a, a snap count. You know, it's hard to trust there. With him leaving the game early twice in the last two weeks, at this point I would say start Mostert anyway. Uh, I don't care if Breida's going to play. At this point I don't have faith in him lasting the full game. So I would say Mostert is a good play, even if – Breeders starts I think monster gets plenty of opportunity in this game.
0: Due to monster mash. <laughs> oh
1: not, ti- that was terrible. It's, it was not great, but it was timely. It was. It's <laughs> timely because of the time of year it is. I, I get it. it's not not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't great. So, uh, Baker so coming in after CJ Bather's case Keenum, and Baker Mayfield, two guys who back to back are going up against they're, they're in tough spots, right? I think we could both suspect that both Keenum and Baker are going to have to play some catch-up at some point today, Scott. And I just wonder, I, I don't disagree with your rankings necessarily. I just wonder if either or both of them may have to be putting the ball up a ton just because Roethlisberger and Mahomes are getting it done on the other side of the field.
0: Well, I'll say one thing about that. You know, I think, and I'm not saying you necessarily. I think there's a widespread, uh, you know, sort of angle that okay, this team's going to play catch up and uh, they'll score points. Sometimes teams don't always play score points when they play catch up, and uh, I, don't li- I don't like I don't like Keith- because his Kansas City defense has played better at home than they have on the road, and uh, you know I could see this being like a two touchdown four-interception kind of game, maybe a one-touchdown, three-interception kind of game. The Cleveland offensive line is not playing playing well at all. The Steelers are, like, among the lead leaders in sacks right now. So they, there's no reason to like these guys, I don't think. it's Quarterback is a deep position. I think there are guys a lot ahead of them who are a lot safer plays.
1: Uh, yeah, so last couple of guys I'll, I'll just throw out there. Brock Osweiler, 22, Bortles to 23. Uh, Derek Carr at 24, Alex Smith 25. So from a DFS standpoint, you know, the guys that Daily Roto is sort of on is uh, the top projection is Pat Mahomes, but he's extremely expensive on FanDuel. So he's going to be a little bit easier getting your lineups on DraftKings. They really like Jared Goff because of the high implied team total. It's more of a DraftKings lean if you're talking about cash. Uh, but then two of the other guys, Jim, that w- we mentioned already, uh, they really like Andy Dalton because the Bucks can't cover anybody. And they really like Andrew Luck, I think, for obvious reasons. Uh, I, even as a Giants fan, I think you can see that the Raiders are, at this point, probably in the biggest downward spiral of anybody in the league.
2: Well, it, yeah, it's hard not to think so. I mean, they're, they're already talking about Gruden losing the locker room because of the trade Yeah, and, You know, all this stuff going on there. Weird. You know, he we trades know Khalil Mack, and people
1: are like, what are we doing here?
2: Yeah, well, then he turns around and, and trades Amari Cooper. Now, I, I don't, I think they got a great deal in that trade getting a one back for Amari Cooper, so I think they did well, but still, people are grumbling, uh, just don't know what to expect from this offense at this point. It, it's really hard, you know, and just real quick, you know, we were talking about Mayfield and Keenum having to play catch-up. Meanwhile, we're recommending everybody play mustard. I, I mean, mustard. <laughs> Uh, so I don't. Get oh, I it. figure Scott got it. Well, we're playing mustard, ketchup and oh. mustard. Oh, oh! I proud. figure you got in a bad one. I had to get in a bad one.
0: Yeah, maybe worse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you're looking at cheap tournament values, guys like Derek Carr and Alex Smith and, and Case Keenum, for the reasons that we've kind of already mentioned, uh, would be interesting. But um, you know, quarterbacks relatively. Uh, straightforward, I feel like this week you we got a couple of games where uh, teams are expected to put up big points. The Rams and the Chiefs and the Steelers um, and even the Bengals. You don't often see the Bengals with an implied total at 29. Uh, but honestly, that Bucks defense has been miserable. If you've picked on... There's been a few secondaries that you could... Have, look, the scoring is up and, and everything, Scott. But there's been a few defenses this year, secondaries, that if you've picked on them all year, you've made some money on in dfs and that's the bucks and the eagles jump out too as two teams that couldn't cover anybody the steelers early couldn't cover anybody but those two teams continue to really struggle tampa has a very hard time with opposing wide receivers for the last few seasons and they haven't been able to get it fixed
0: well last week they played a little bit better they weren't leaky with many big plays last week and you know, firing a coordinator will do that. But the the the, uh, the Bengals have a lot of weapons, and uh, this is a nice bounce back spot for Tyler Boyd.
1: Yeah, and Gerald McCoy and Vinnie Curry are out for Tampa too. So w- for whatever pass rush they were going to have, uh, it's even more hampered by injuries. Go ahead, Jim.
2: Can I ask you guys a question? Absolutely. Am I being totally crazy as thinking Josh Rosen as a contrarian play in a GPP? based on the fact that Uh, Byron which is now taking over offensive coordinator, and I think we see a change? Is that just totally off the board?
1: I'll answer first, Scott, and then I'll throw it over to you. I I think that in a GPP, you can take any kind of shot with quarterback and build around him. But I think projection-wise, they just haven't shown – any ability to be efficient on offense so yeah is there always a little bit of a bump when a, when there's a coordinator change Scott literally just detailed that with the Tampa defense it wasn't great but it was an improvement I think you could see the same thing here it won't be great but there could be an improvement Scott any different thoughts on that
0: yeah I think Arizona's one uh that you look at today, like we were talking about, it's, uh, you know, Byron left, which was actually an intern for Bruce Arians. And, and, uh, you know, Arians was the one that used David Johnson, right. So, uh, there's some hope for Arizona, you know, David Johnson today.
1: Yeah. I, they obviously had to make a move. Both of these teams that, uh, made coordinator switches had to make a move. Um, it, it's weird to think that Steve Wilkes is fighting for his job. I don't think he is. He just got there, but certainly Dirk Cutter is in Tampa Uh, I have them under six and a half on the year. I'm a little unsettled by the fact that they already have three wins, but see see what happens today. (laughs) Rooting hard for the Bengals, which I never do. So we'll come back. We'll do running backs after the break. It's Mike, Jim, and Scott on FST Game Day. We'll be right back. on fst We're talking running backs here in a minute but if you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with pros using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries try the props builder tool at mybookie.ag. so forget having to create multiple lineups ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90 percent of the cash invest in the players that you want without all those salary caps and if you sign up for a new account using the promo code fntsy you can receive a 50 percent deposit bonus no more dealing with late lineup scratches, Corey Parson. No experts can beat against Mike Cardano. Just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign-up, and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. It's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. So... Uh, Before we get to the running backs, let me just do a quick rundown of the injuries because we talked about some. It's been a little scattershot, so I just want to make sure people have a a good understanding. As Jim detailed, Quincy Nunn was out. uh, Robbie Anderson is out. Even Tremaine Johnson is out for the Jets, so that could impact how you feel about Anthony Miller or Taylor Gabriel uh, today. So... Uh additional injuries, uh Allen Robinson, yeah, already ruled out and Eric Cush out for them. So Vaughn Miller is questionable, but head coach Vance Joseph ended any suspense saying that he'll play. Uh Royce Freeman is out. Deshaun Hamilton is out. So there was some action on the waiver wire this week regarding Devontae Booker, hoping he'll see some touches. But this should be more of a Philip Lindsay game, right, Scott?
0: Yeah, it should. It's a really good matchup for Lindsay here. You know, some people have talked about Devontae Booker, uh, and I think he'll get in there for some pass-catching purposes, but Lindsay, who I have in the top 10 in my uh, lineup ranks on rotoexperts.com, has pretty much earned his job right from the first game of the season.
1: Yeah. I Look, I have Philip Lindsay in a couple of leagues, and I think this is last week. Now, this week is the first week that I'm really playing him because I have buys and I have other injured players, <clears throat> I just haven't known when to put him out there because they've been sharing the ball jam. It's been a difficult, like he, he is getting double-digit touches, so I should have trusted him more, but it's been tough because Freeman is getting the same double-digit number of touches and getting those shots right near the goal line.
2: Yeah, it's been tough. I, I totally agree with you, you know, and not only that, but Booker has actually run more routes than either of them in the passing game. So it, it is hard to, to know which one of these guys you want to start every week. Luckily, this week with Freeman out, it really, like Scott says, faults Lindsay way up in this matchup uh, against the Chiefs. My only concern there is if, you know, the Chiefs get out to that early lead, which mm. they are definitely possible of doing here, does that really limit Lindsay And all of a sudden we see Devontae Booker being more in play in the passing game.
1: I've seen a lot of sites with uh, very high – higher. Cortland Sutton projections uh, because of the dynamic that you're talking about. Maybe some more wide rec- three wide receiver sets and things of that nature. So we'll see. Uh, keep other few other things to go about. Um, I already talked about the Bucks injuries. The Bengals have ruled out six players. Vontae Perfect, Gio Bernard, Tyler Croft, Arkees Denard, John Ross, uh, and another linebacker. So, no, Gio Bernard, it's the Joe Mixon day. The Daily Roto guys love Joe Mixon. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Theo Riddick, I already mentioned, was out. Uh, the Panthers ruled out Tory Smith. We talked about Chris Thompson. He's going to play. Jameson Crowder's out again. My single biggest mistake I've made in fantasy football this year is I picked up Jameson Crowder and I cut Marlon Mack. And that happened like probably a month ago. Because I was just tired of Mac Ouch. not coming Yeah, I know. I was tired of Mac not coming back. And it was exacerbated by the fact that the Colts couldn't run at all. So I, my thought process was, well, even when he comes back, what's he going to do? And this is what he's doing. So um, despite the fact I'm having a pretty good season, that was a huge mistake I made. Um, Matt Breida, we talked about being limited. We talked about Pierre Grosson being out. Uh, Packers, Geronimo Allison off the injury report. Randall Cobb uh, is back in. So keep in mind those guys. For the Rams, Cooper Cup, doubtful. He's expected to sit out. Uh, Vikings. The Vikings right now have a ton of injuries. So keep that in mind for tonight's game. No Dalvin Cook. No Anderson Dejo, No Anthony Barr. No Riley Reif. Xavier Rhodes and Linval Joseph are probably going to play, but they're questionable. So they're very banged up. The Pats have nine guys questionable. That's tomorrow night. We can deal with that tomorrow. But... I guess I really should bring it up because I'll transition now to the running back position because Sonny Michel practiced on Saturday, Scott, but he's doubtful. LaShawn McCoy is still in concussion protocol, although people are saying that it's leaning towards him playing. I personally think you can't play either guy. I have LaShawn. Michelle. I don't think, is much of a discussion. But I'm not playing McCoy in the leagues where I have him. I have Latavius Murray in over him now because I'm not risking a setback here.
0: Yeah, what you want to do is when I always say when you're in doubt, just go with a healthy player. So if your other options, say Jordan Howard or Chris Carson – you know, don't sit there and fret about it. You don't want to worry on Monday night and have to plop in Marcus Murphy or maybe even Kenjin Barner, who I think is just way overrated in terms of the contribution that he's going to make. He's really a journeyman scat back. Just have the peace of mind and go with the healthy guy. As for Sony Michelle, go to RotoExperts.com this morning and check out the latest from Inside Injuries. They're saying that he might need two to four weeks to optimally heal.
1: Yeah. So, you um, know, this is a quick note I got from, uh, sent to me on some of the guys we just talked about. This is Daily Roto. They slightly docked Joe Mixon and Philip Lindsay in a final round of projection updates. Mixon's yard per target baseline was a little high, and we scaled back some of the workhorse role for Lindsay, given his size, to be on the caution side. His size is only 5'8", 190, just a little bit of a smaller, quote-unquote, workhorse back. In FanDuel cash games, we use all, using all three of the Mixon, Connor Hunt trio is a very viable route with Lindsay slightly downgraded and likely a popular one. So, uh, projections slightly prefer Tyreek's Hill price to Kareem Hunt, but Hunt projects for a slightly stronger floor. So, um, let's get to your rankings, Scott, which you can find on rotoexperts.com. Again, exclusive edge package. We'll do the PPR rankings right now for running backs. Todd Gurley is the highest projected skill player by a wide margin. Right now they have him over thirty points for DailyRoto.com. So Todd Gurley is way in front. He's number one, but he's way in front of Kareem Hunt, who's at number two uh for Scott's rankings. Yeah, he's
0: he's gonna be hard to get in lineups today though. It's
1: yes. Like, he is eleven thousand like dollars to have them in there yeah. on FanDuel. Ninety eight hundred on DK. More possible in DraftKings, I think. But man, that's an expensive price tag. You'd have to really drop down at quarterback and at wide receiver and and, and doing that. Like, here's the problem when you're talking about TFS. Like, say he does deliver the 30,000, Scott. Uh, Or, sorry, say he does deliver the 30 DraftKings points. You've paid 9,800 for him. So it's effectively 3X, which is what you want. But the way you win, like, tournaments is when guys go 4 and 5X. And there's very little chance, as good as he is, there's very little chance he's going to have a 50-point game. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, although, you know, you never know with him. I agree. It is possible. It it might might happen. It is
1: possible. But you figure if they got up huge, uh, you know, maybe Malcolm Brown sees some targets. So uh, Kareem Hunt at number two. James Conner at number three. Saquon Barkley comes in at number four. Joe Mixon at five. We just talked about him. Kamara uh, at six against Minnesota. Again, they are very injured. No Anthony Barr, no Anderson Dejo. And they have not been good even when those guys have been healthy. James White at number seven philip Lindsay at eight Tariq cohen at nine chris mccaffrey at 10 james white he has at number seven jim with sony michelle out white becomes a, a rare sort of workhorse scenario for the pats i know barner will see some touches here but james white in a really good spot tomorrow night
2: well i'm with scott and that i don't think anything of Kenyon Barner. I I mean, there's always the chance that he gets a one-yard plunge for a touchdown. Outside of that, I I just don't see him doing much uh, in in the running game at all. I mean, he may get some shots here and there, but I, I just can't have any faith in him Whatsoever, So, yeah, White, you know, in a perfect place to, I, I don't know if he needs to even see increased touches. All he needs to see is the same amount of touches he's been seeing because he's been decimating everybody with what he's doing already. And while Buffalo is a, a tougher defense uh, and should play a little tougher, you, you got to love White in this matchup.
1: Yeah, uh, Scotty. Yeah, uh, and
0: Here's the thing about Ball- Barner, too. Do we even know he's going to get a one-yard plunge? The guy's 5'9", 185. You know, I've seen people saying, like in the Roto Expert Slack chat, saying, oh, I'm glad I picked up Barner. You know, he can, he can have that uh, running back lead type role. And uh, if they're running out the clock, then, you know, he can get a touchdown and stuff like that. Kenyon Barner's not built for that at all. He's a journeyman scat back. Opportunity doesn't always lead to production.
1: Uh, I,
2: I, I said there was a chance. I didn't say I liked him, Scotty. In fact, I said I didn't like him. You're taking this to an ad antagonistic view here.
0: <laughs> well, I'm, one, I'm with what you said and talking more about what the public <laughs> script man, done and narrative is. I mean, there's a, there's a chance they might hand it to the fullback, you know, at the goal line.
2: But I do have one question for you, and and this leads to Scott. I mean, Scott, you you have Kareem Hunt at number two, which I totally agree with. But to me, that makes Kareem Hunt like a great play uh, today at DFS, because, you know, while you're talking about Gurley being at 9,800 on DraftKings, you got Hunt down at 7,100 going against this Denver defense that until last week was getting destroyed by running backs.
1: Yeah, the daily roto guys that will be on. I'll be on uh, lineup block live. Ricky Sanders will join us at ten fifteen to kind of give some depth to their article, their podcast. So ten fifteen to ten thirty, I'll be on with him, as well as Marshall Falk and Sam Garns and Corey Parson will be here with me, uh, breaking down the entire slate of games. But the the top three guy, the, the top projection is Todd Gurley, but the guys they really like the most are Mixon and Connor, with Hunt right behind there. Mainly because he's been seeing more targets in the past game. Remember, like those first couple of weeks of the year, people were concerned that he might not be seeing goal line touches. He didn't see a target in one of those games. Well, there's been an increase there. So uh, his well-rounded repertoire of talent is being represented now, and you've seen him crushing it for the last few weeks, Scott.
0: Yeah, certainly has... uh... You know, I think you you uh, actually put it best. I don't, I don't know if I could add anything to that. All
1: right, so let's keep going then uh, into the next 10. Adrian Peterson uh, up against the Giants. The Snacks Harrison-less New York Giants. So uh, Adrian Peterson uh, really projected well today. I uh, know Jim's Jim, always the Giants fan, uh, irritated about this. David Johnson comes in at number 12 against the Niners. Uh, a little bit more production as of late. Kerryon Johnson at 13 we mentioned him earlier in the show. Good opportunities here for Kerryon Johnson today with the Riddick out. Uh, helps him a little bit conceivably. He doesn't see a huge uptick in passing targets necessarily. That generally goes more to Golden Tate. But Carrion Johnson, uh, you could ex- suspect, uh, could have a good game here today. Nick Chubb at number 14. Latavius Murray at 15. Mark Ingram at 16. And TJ Yeldon, who plays in about 35 minutes in London. Raheem Monster. A uh, number eighteen, didn't see expect see didn't see didn't expect to see his name in the top twenty at any point this year, but here he is along with Jalen Rashard, another guy I didn't expect to see that from. Uh, you had Kenny Drake at twenty, Chris Thompson I'm telling
0: you and, a lot about the position, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely, it, it sure is. sure is. T.J. Yeldon, Mustard, Richard Richard, excuse me, and Drake all round out the back of, of the top twenty. Uh, Drake, obviously, we had some expectations for, but those three. Uh, really interesting to look at. You have Chris Thompson at 21 and Marlon Mack at 22. So those guys. Uh, I mean, let's just focus on Mack for a second, since I screwed up so royally by dropping him in the one league. Jim, what are your expectations going forward? I just, I, I honestly did it because I thought I did think, and I this is a keeper league, so I kept him and then still cut him. Because my expectation was Ouch. that, even though Hines was the pass catcher and uh, many people projected Jordan Wilkins to potentially take over, I thought Mac was a talent for them. And I thought that when he did come back, they would make him the primary back. But it looked like they were going to share the ball throughout the year. It looked like it was gonna, the ball was going to be shared. And then they weren't doing anything on the ground. And I got desperate at wide receiver position, so I cut him. It's a big mistake. You know, I, I take it. Uh, on myself but your expectations for mac going forward scott has him as an rb2 today he was an rb1 last week so what are your thoughts
2: well, look, he's an RB two today. If, if I could speak for Scott, at least in my opinion, because of the injury, we don't know, you know, how close yes, to one hundred percent he's going to be, how much he's, he's actually going to pay. my
0: contract as well. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, and you know, it's because this is a great matchup for him going up against Oakland, like we talked about earlier. Oakland's totally in disarray. We don't know what to expect from that entire team today. But if Mac was fully healthy, Mac would probably be in that top twelve. And, you know, not this far down, but it really comes to that injury. We just don't know how close to 100% he's going to be. Uh, so, you know, it, it's it, it's not a risky play. I, I, you know, as an RB2 or a flex play, I still think he's a good play. But it, it, it would be hard to consider him an RB1 with that injury risk.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a- yeah, he's corrected his assessment because I had him at number 12 when I started first doing my ranks for the week uh, on early early – uh, late Tuesday night, but you know, then he had two d- DNPs which is never good, and uh, then he came back and practiced on full and Friday, and when a running back has you know, something up with his wheel it's it's never a good thing, so it's 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 hard to rank him any higher than that because of the health.
1: Yeah, the NFL Network's Ian Rappaport is reporting that Mac has a quote, good shot at playing in week eight, so it's not a definite, we suspect that it will happen, but uh, you know we can't guarantee it. That's a four o'clock game, too, so you have to keep that in mind as you're putting your lineups together. So uh, a couple last guys, you got Alex Collins, 23, Ike Crowell at 24, Lamar Miller at 25, Miller had a monster game. You have Jordan Howard at 26. So we talked about those guys very briefly before, Jordan Howard and Isaiah Crowell in uh, what could be sloppy conditions, Jim. Uh, Bilal Powell out for the year conceivably out for his career Uh, today may not be the day for Isaiah Crowell even if he sees a fair amount of touches he's always worth a play because he could see 15 plus touches but uh, this may not be his most efficient day.
2: Yeah, well, that's always been the problem with Crowell. You just never know when to start him. He's a great drafter in a best ball league because you don't have to worry about this. But in a season long, it's just so hard to know when he's going to have that good game. And it doesn't seem to be what the matchup is that decides it. Uh, You know, he goes up against tough defenses, has a great game. He goes up against a bad defense, does nothing. It just whether or not he gets into that groove and man it, it's hard to think he gets into that groove against chicago even with a banged up khalil Mack.
1: to your point he had his 200 yard game a couple of weeks ago i was at the game and no i wasn't i was at the colts game but I, he had the 200 yard colts game against game, yeah. denver uh and i didn't play him in any of the leagues where i have him i just had him on the bench 30 points just went by the wayside you because and, how would you i, and I do everybody know everybody else yeah
2: yeah, right. Uh, nobody nobody saw that coming from him, especially on the limited touches. You just don't expect that. Um, so, you know, it is. One, at one point, though, I would really love to discuss uh, uh, David Johnson a little bit.
1: Okay. Maybe uh, at the you can, you guys can do that at the top of the hour. It's Jim and Scott the rest of the way. I'll see you on Lineup Lock Live at 10 with Corey Parsons, Sam Garnes, and Marshall Falk.